Hey, Jason here. Today's video, I'm going to answer the question, is Grand Canyon Education Stock Ticker LOPE a great stock? This is investment analysis for Ocean, who requested this on YouTube. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series as a podcast anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You can get this as part of the I Love Value Investing podcast anywhere in the world for free. And if you like this video on YouTube, Make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. Okay, I apologize for this. I don't want to do it. I have to do it though because every time I don't, I get nasty comments. Um, I don't short sell ever. So I don't benefit from any stock I talk negatively about. And I don't own, also don't own any stock um, in a long position that I talk positively about. I'm doing this analysis for you at, a, at your request to help you figure out how to um, evaluate stocks better and faster and more efficiently. So you can spend more time looking at great stocks, less time looking at crappy stocks. Uh, because these are viewer requested for every month, every video for the last three, four, five months, and every video for at least the next month, I often don't know what a company does. Um, and I purposely keep it that way because I don't want it to bias me either positively or negatively. I want to take as clear of a look at the um, situation as I possibly can. And to do that, I don't purposely don't look at what the company does because again i don't care about what the company does um, at this stage of my analysis i don't care about what the company does um, i don't care um, what managers say it's going to do i don't care about its future potential i don't care at this stage at this stage i look at the numbers and the metrics and look for things uh, we're going to go through like margin of safety um, ratios operating pro uh, profits stuff like that if it doesn't meet that criteria then i don't do further research on the stock um, why should you listen to anything I have to say? Because in the first nine years of my career, I've averaged 23.5% uh, average annual returns in the portfolios I manage. Um, that puts me just behind the great Warren Buffett, who produced 24.2 average annual investment return, uh, average investment returns, 24.2% average annual investment returns. There we go. Um, in the portfolios he managed at his Buffett Limited Partnership, um, my numbers legitimately also make me one of the best stock pickers in the entire world over the last nine years. Um, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that to hopefully let you know that I actually know what I'm talking about a little bit. Okay. Again, apologize for that. Don't want to do it. Have to do it. Okay. So this is at the request of Ocean, who's requested a few videos now. Um, thank you uh, again, Ocean, by the way, uh, for this. And I do not know what this company does. Um, I think you requested this after the new Oriental Education video, though. So I'm assuming they do some similar stuff. Grand Canyon Education, Inc. is an American for-profit educational company that operates a private university in Phoenix, Arizona, as well as online educational programs. The company offers undergraduate and postgraduate degree programs, including business, education, nursing, health, and health, and liberal arts. Grand Canyon Education's on-campus program enrolls approximately 15,000 students, while its online program enrolls over 50,000 students. University's undergraduate graduate programs enroll approximately 60% of its overall student base and is the largest revenue driver for the company. Okay, a couple things in here. American for-profit educational company. Um, these companies have gotten crushed. The last... Five years, some of them, um, for doing things that were not great, um, in some cases illegal, and getting shut down. Um, some of them got shut down, some of them got sued, some of them had to pay tons of money to their students. Um, I'm not saying they're doing this, I'm just saying that is uh, something to keep an eye on out here. 
that we want to kind of figure out how they've navigated this, um, how they've navigated the situation. Another thing, uh, the number of students seems massive. Um, I think the University of Texas in the U.S. is the biggest in-person university, and they have something like 50,000 students, so this probably makes them Grand Canyon Education, one of the largest universities in the entire country, which is frankly kind of shocking to me. I've never heard of them before this video. Also, 60% of their um, students are undergraduate programs. Um, masters, uh, people go for their masters and doctorates, um, and so-called um, uh, postgraduate programs. Those typically are more expensive and higher revenue or higher margin um, so that means 40 percent of their students are producing higher margins um, higher, more revenues and higher margins for the company in general which um they're a 3.9 billion dollar company for pe again i don't care about this pretty much ever but when i do i want it to be under 20 so this is one sign the company might be undervalued And when I said fantastic margins, there they are, but we'll get to that in a second. It's the first place my eyes go. <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, but let's start up here. Revenue has gone up from $427 million in 2011 to $875 million in the trail of 12-month period. Operating income has skyrocketed um, from $82 million in 2011 to $283 million in the trailing 12-month period. Um, operating margin has gone up. As well, from 19.3% in 2011 to 32.3% in the trailing 12-month period. This is all fantastic. Um, really good, actually. Um, there's not one bad thing in here. Um, especially the operating margin. I look for anything about 10% on a consistent basis. This is at 32% right now. And it's been above 25% every year since 2014. So that is, frankly, fantastic. Yeah, again. In this time, they've not diluted shareholders. Um, they've only increased sh uh, share count from 45 million in the trailing or in 2011 to 46 million in the trailing 12 month period. That's not a big deal at all, um, frankly. With the increase in their margins, in their profits, in their revenue, their book value per share has skyrocketed almost over 10x since 2011 from $3.31 per share in 2011 to $34.14 in the trailing 12-month period. What does that mean in real-world sense? That the underlying intrinsic value of the company is likely going up, um, probably to a huge degree. Um, the way, reason I'm saying probably at this stage is because we need to look at their balance sheet to see if this is through acquisitions, if it's through goodwill, if it's through intangible assets. Um, or if it's through just the fantastic growth in their margins, revenue, and profitabilities. Um, we'll see that when we get to the uh, balance sheet. ROICs are great. I look for anything about 10% on a consistent basis. They have gone down since 2011, which is a bit confusing. Um, from 29% in 2011 to 13.1% in the trailing 12-month period. That, frankly, is a bit confusing because their other margins, their operating profit margins, have gone up. So that's a bit confusing. Not necessarily a huge deal unless they keep dropping. Again, I look for anything above 10%. They've been above that for the entire decade. Um, but it's still confusing. Usually, never see that. 
Meanwhile, their free cash flow to sales has skyrocketed. Um, like most of their other margins, up from 2011, and 3.9% rounded up to 30.2% in the trailing 12-month period. Again, fantastic. I look for anything above 10% or 5% on a consistent basis for this number. Something to note here is in the middle of the decade, they had negative free cash flow to sales margins, which they did up here too. They had negative free cash flow because they had a huge amount of capital spending, which was maybe acquisitions, maybe improvements to infrastructure, maybe improvements to technology, um, like doing more online stuff. Not really sure until we get further. Frankly, I don't know if I'll see that in all in here. Probably not, but that would be my guesses. A decent amount of cash. They have 6% of their balance sheet in cash. Inventory, they don't have any because they're all university. That would make sense. Tangibles are okay. They have gone up since 2019, so I'm guessing there's some kind of acquisition there in 2018, 2019, because they were at 0.22%, now they're at 21.5% rounded up in 2019 and now they're at 19% rounded up in, as of the latest quarter so I'm guessing there's some kind of acquisition there this I want to know what it is other long-term assets went from less than 1% for most of the last decade up to 2017 to 2018 being 68% and now 62.66% I want to know what that is um, because we need to know what that is um, and we'll see what the, if we can find out on the balance sheet. If not, I'll go to the 10K to find out what those are. Because that's a huge portion of their balance sheet. Um, minimal short-term debt. Minimal long-term debt. That's great. That's margin of safety. The company has more cash than debt. Um, they have a very small amount of liabilities. Which is great. Again, all these things I just said. Um, lowers the risk, which increases the margin of safety at the company. Efficiency ratios, they don't have a cash conversion cycle um, because they're a university, so it would make sense for them to have a cash conversion cycle. So balance sheet quarterly. actually do not on a straight line or on an absolute dollar basis have more cash than debt but it's not a big deal because the, both amounts are minimal okay okay tangibles frankly still are not a ton 210 million. These are in billions. Yeah, 210 million. So not a huge amount there. Goodwill is a decent amount. 160 million. Total, so total, total gross goodwill and other intangible assets are about 370 million, which is not a huge amount. That's less than 10% of the um, market cap. So it's not a huge deal. Notes receivable. That's what that other current asset is. What is their note receivable? Why do they have a note receivable? The reason I'm asking why do they have a note receivable is they're not a bank. Um, so notes receivable are things like that people are going to pay them in the future and that's 
$1.15 billion as of quarter two, 2021. Um, so that's an enormous amount. That's like one third of their entire market cap. Um, let's see. Uh, company note. Let's see. Uh, bull. Two thousand nine, twenty twenty one. Here it says they have no notes receivable. That's confusing. Okay, Grand Canyon. Apologize, apparently I have a storm about to come through. Um, hopefully, you didn't hear that thunder because that was quite loud. Okay, so to find this, to, uh, you won't want to go to the um, quarterly. You want to go to the um, annual report, which is not there. Okay, so balance sheet. Again, I'm showing you the exact process I would go through. Um, when I'm looking at stocks, income statement, I think it would be on there. On off balance sheet arrangements. Okay, there it is. No receivable. Right there, 964 million, 965 million rounded up as of the end of 2020. What is that? Secured. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure you heard that one. Um, just unplugged my computer. <laughs> Secured note. So they sold something to sale transaction to GCU through secured note. So they sold something and they're taking debt payments in return for it. Okay, $870 million. 2018, that's that. That's that transaction that I um, saw on the um, statements, the big jump. Maturity date in 2025 at 6% interest. So they're acting like the bank on this, it looks like. They're acting like a bank through seller financing. That's what this looks like. Yeah, the company received a secure note for the transfer of assets. Okay, so they sold something. GCU, I haven't seen what that is. And they're getting, they're acting um, as a bank in terms of this looks like seller financing. Looks like um, Grand Canyon Education is acting as a bank. They're selling something to the third party, and they're taking interest and um, payments only at six percent interest for five years, and then the asset or the uh, transaction will um, it's called a balloon payment, and then they'll have to pay the full amount within five years. 
secure note. Okay. Okay, I don't understand why they're just not saying what this is. COVID, it's not COVID. This is not helpful. Um, I mean, it, we know what it is, but um, I guess I'll go through secured note. That means it's secured by some kind of collateral, um, probably whatever asset they sold them. Um, again, I'm not really sure what. They're not talking about what they're selling in here. Not, I don't even see a reference to what GCU is, although I'm sure I could find that by searching GCU, but there's a lot of mentions in here, so it might take a while, which I don't want to bore you death, to death. So let's get back to the analysis. What is seller financing while we're on that topic? Um, I explained a little bit. They're, they're essentially acting like the bank. They're selling something, and the buyer either couldn't or didn't want to come up with financing option through a bank on their own, and they couldn't come up with cash. So the company is acting um, as the bank here, and the um, purchaser is paying them interest-only payments on their debt for five years, after the five years, the um, current agreement either gets, uh, it's called a balloon payment and has to be paid in full um, to the bank. So for five years, um, or at the end of five years, uh, 2025, so seven years, I think because the transaction is 2018, uh, seven years, the um, GC uh, Grand Canyon will get 6% interest every year and it will also get, um, what, about a million dollars in cash. So um, 1.06 million for total, if my math is correct. Um, 1.06 billion in total consideration plus whatever was in, in the agreement or whatever that is. Again, I'm assuming they sold some kind of university type assets to somebody. Um, it doesn't really say. And again, to find that out, you'd have to go to their 2810. 2018 um, 10K or 2019 10K, depending on when the transaction took place. You can figure it out there because there'll be more details. Um, or let's see, Grand Canyon um, Education Sale. There we go. There we go. And move towards nonprofit. Grand Canyon University sells for eight hundred seventy-five million. So Grand Canyon University is GCU, and then blah 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 blah. So again, I'm not going to go through the whole thing here. I'm just kind of showing you the process I would go through. Then I would read that and take notes and all that. Um, but that's what that um, other current assets are that makes up a huge per percent of their balance sheet on the Q ratios tab. Figured that out. Otherwise, their balance sheet is 
incredibly clean. Uh, I don't see any issues on there, any red flags, any things to be concerned about. Um, nothing. Cash flow statement. And on here as well. Very clean. Don't see any major issues, any major red flags. Um, looks like they may be buying back some stock. This is payments for common stock. Total issuances. Oh, well, that's just the payments, um, the issuances of stock. So they have to keep a little bit of stock. Other than that, very clean cash flow statement, very clean balance sheet. So at this stage, um, Grand Canyon surpasses pretty much all my thresholds for what I look for. Um, its margins are fantastic and growing. Um, other than ROIC, that's still confusing. Um, its balance sheet is clean. There's margin of safety, um, all that. So let's get to the valuation now, where most companies for me go to die. And about mm, fairly valued from my look, and I'll tell you why. Um, I don't care much for PE, price to capture or for PE, but when I do, I want them to be under 20. Um, so at 15.4 for PE, uh, price to cash flow at 13.7, and forward PE at 14.4 uh, shows the company's um, slightly undervalued. This is the important number down here, though. Enterprise value EBIT. I look for anything below eight on this metric, and this is at 11.8, meaning the company's about fairly valued right now based on this relative valuation. However, because everything else is so great about this company, we will do another video on this company um, and do the actual prelim full preliminary analysis uh, worksheet, which you can get for free at the end of this video. Um, yeah, I mean, this company looks good so far on the preliminary basis um, or on the visual look. On the preliminary basis, on the full worksheet, we'll do that next time. But very good looking stock here so far. Um, Ocean. Um, again, this is only stage two. No, that's stage one, actually, of my analysis. Stage two is the preliminary analysis. Then stage three, which is what we're on for wide point right now, that's when we get into the actual financial reports. Um, so still got a ways to go. But right now, it looks like a great potential stock. Um, if I miss anything, if I didn't explain something well enough, if I should have explained something better, let me know in the comments below. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, especially Ocean. I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on this. Anybody else, I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on this as well. Um, if you want me to look at a stock like this for you, I'll do so anywhere in the world. I'll look at stock for you anywhere in the world. As long as it meets three criteria. Can't be a bank because I don't value your banks. Can't be an insurance company because you actually have to dig into the, uh, the 10K reports to do so or to evaluate them. And has to be producing revenue. Why does that have to be producing revenue? Because I've done a couple analysis videos. Um, check out our newborn <laughs> one, I think is one of them, and where companies aren't producing revenue, and frankly, they're quite boring. Because at this stage, again, I don't care what the company says it's going to do. I don't care about its future. I don't care about its growth plans. I don't care about any of that at this stage of my analysis. Um, if it meets those three criteria, I will look at this stock anywhere for you in the world. I am giving preference now to masterclass students, but I don't see any of those um, requested on the calendar. So if you have a 
um, request and you want me to look at a stock for you and it meets those three criteria, let me know in the comments below. If you want more, or uh, excuse me, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Make sure to subscribe, or when you do subscribe, to hit the notification bell um, so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. If you listen on the podcast, again, thanks so much. Uh, would like all that same stuff. Uh, much appreciated. And on the podcast, we also really appreciate a review because the more reviews, views, and listens we get to our content, the more people we can help. If you want more specific help from me on how to become a, or if you want more specific help on how to become a better investor faster, check out our free resources below, including our five free gifts, which includes the free preliminary analysis worksheet we're gonna do next time on Grand Canyon um, education. Um, You get four of the free gifts along with that. You can get that for free. You can also get a free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Invest, and a free copy of of our guide, Seven Tips to uh, Picking Great Stocks and Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those for free at the links below. If you're looking for more specific help from me, make sure to check out the link below from our newly relaunched masterclass that I'm super excited about. Um, you can get more information at the link below about that. But until next time, have a great day. Talk soon. Bye.